Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. We're going to speak now with a former commanding general of the 101st Airborne Division of the United States Army, a storied division, Major General Jeffrey Schlosser. And one of the questions, one of the points that's brought up regularly is, if Putin moves his forces beyond the tolerance level, and he starts to uh, interfere, and if he crosses the border into a NATO nation, then it's Article 5 of the NATO Convention, and all the countries have to step up to protect that nation. How capable are they? I don't know. But generally, it's been conceded that it would end up being Russia versus the United States, American military versus Russian military. And let's talk to General Schlosser about this. His book is Marathon War. gets tremendous reviews. I'm just finishing the book. It is an outstanding read. General Schlosser, good to have you back. How are you, sir? I'm well, Roy. Thanks for having me back. How does Russia's attack on Ukraine compare to other serious challenges we've experienced, like the Cuban Missile Crisis, 9-11 and its aftermath, Iran developing nuclear weapons. Where does, just from the just from the global perspective, where does it fit? You know, I think it's uh, very similar, and this is going to sound chilling, but it sounds very similar to the beginning of World War II. You know, invasions into uh, Poland, for example. Well, you know, earlier and later, also other invasions around, you know, either around the Soviet Union, also around Nazi Germany. Um, you know, I certainly hope that it doesn't yield to something, a much larger conflict, but it, uh, it's very chilling. I, I wouldn't compare it, though. You know, I, I do believe, and you mentioned earlier about uh, Putin putting his nuclear forces on heightened alert. I, I don't think this is a Cuban missile crisis uh, relived. So why do you think it's it's uh, it's an ego play, a power play that he's engaging in when he does that? A response to the to the sanctions like the uh, removal of Russia's access to international banking? You know, Roy, I regard Putin as it goes all the way back to his roots as a KGB operative. Uh, you know, he uses deception, disinformation and uh Movements like that, to put on uh, his you know, nuclear forces on a heightened uh, alert, that's meant to throw off a bunch of people and say, my gosh, what are we doing here? Maybe we ought to back down or back off some of these sanctions. Or, you know, what you've been seeing now is in some of these nations, he's actually causing them to uh, up their uh, investment inside uh, their own protection, such as Germany, their own self-defense. Uh, to go above 2% GDP, which is a bit unheard of uh, in, in certainly my lifetime uh, involved in Germany and, and the defense thereof. Um, I think he's going to cause others, neutral countries like Finland and Sweden, to really relook uh, their position and potentially go with NATO. Uh, so this is a, uh, you know, he's going back and forth. I regard this as just one more, it's not saber rattling. It's, this is a position that he takes. He hopes that it will cause us to go and take a harder look at what we're doing and maybe back down. Truly, I don't think it's going to cause us to back down. And I don't mean us as the United States. I mean the EU plus, you know, uh, the United States, Canada. You're seeing Australia. You're seeing Japan. They all are trying to uh, show that this is not acceptable uh, in the in this world order. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Uh, you mentioned Sweden and Finland. Finland uh, has consistently been threatened by Putin whenever 
it's been suggested they might want to join NATO, and they did it again uh, over the last several days, and the Finnish defense minister said, hey, we can take care of ourselves. We have a very powerful air force, and uh, we have a strong army, so don't threaten us. So there, there's a lot of backbone yeah. starting to be shown. I think so, too, and I think that uh, this is actually refreshing from perhaps our North American view. I mean, you know, in many cases, we I think we've looked to Europe to say, do more for your own defense, uh, you know, make more investments in your own uh, defense, get better training, uh, and, you know, and things of that nature. And I think you're going to see that as a result of this, you know, uh, regardless of what actually happens within Ukraine itself. And uh, this is going to, I think, uh, in some cases backfire on Putin, but it's very early in this uh, whole sequence to make any kind of, you know, conclusions, I think. I mean, there's early things that you can say, you know, but uh, at the end of the day, there's a lot more to play out here. Uh, you know, the end is not this week uh, or next month. Based on your career as a military man, as a soldier, as a general, the commander of the 101st Airborne Division, and what a what an honor that is to be given that division with all of its history. And and you took uh, decisions that you felt were right in Afghanistan because you didn't like and didn't accept the way you were being treated, General. But let's just look at this this situation as it is on the ground from your experience, your perspective. The Russians appear to be having their noses bloodied by the Ukrainians. Does that surprise you? What does it speak to? I, I, I'm, at this point, Roy, I would not go that far to say, yeah, yes, they're having their nose bloodied, but that's, that's the nature of conflict and combat. Um, I don't think we've seen main Russian forces yet really engage. Uh, you know, I do believe that maybe Putin and his team, uh, his military may have miscalculated a little bit about just the ability of the Ukrainians and the willingness and the intent of the Ukrainians to defend themselves. Um, but I, we haven't seen anywhere near uh, what I think Russia can actually apply uh, against uh, the Ukrainians. So I think what you've seen are advanced forces. You've seen Spetsnats, that's uh, special forces for most of our listeners, uh, in what we would call advanced guard types of operations. They're trying to feel out, you know, especially in urban areas, they're trying to feel out weak points and also try to understand where else do they need the targets so that they can engage and actually uh, seize air superiority and do other things of that nature, which will allow them more unfettered access. This is early on in that game, and uh, yes, there's been casualties on both sides. I'm, I'm quite certain that the numbers are inaccurate, um, as they're currently being reported, uh, and there's clearly civilian casualties, but there's more to come. Yeah, the, he hasn't got uh, his whole force involved. If Putin were to move, and there's been a lot of speculation about this, if he were to move his military toward the Baltic nations or next door to Poland, where NATO soldiers are increasingly being stationed, American soldiers as well. If it, can you see a scenario developing where it actually becomes Article 5 and you have NATO actively involved, and you mentioned that it looked to you like the beginning of World War II. Can you envision a scenario where NATO is at war with Russia? That's a chilling thought, but again, Roy, I, I do think that war is always rife with miscalculation. You know, I talk a lot about it in my book. Uh, and, 
you know, always trying to understand. You can always look at capabilities, but it's very hard to understand the intent of uh, your foe. And Putin, again, like I said, is a master of disinformation, and, and it's very challenging to figure out what exactly he his ultimate goal is and what he will put up with as far as, uh, you know, uh, declaring success. My guess would be is, is to get to your answer is, is if he miscalculated, if, if there was some kind of, you know, could potentially be a tactical blunder, uh, you know, made by low-level uh, officers and soldiers that would cause a, um, a conflict, uh, not a conflict, but an, actually a mishap uh, to occur. In other words, not really calculated, but it occurs along, the, say, the Baltics. Um, yes, Article 5, I am quite certain that uh, NATO is united uh, together. And you've seen troop movements um, uh, you know, over the last several weeks and obviously armament and an awful lot of equipment that is quite capable that would elevate the level of this war to, you know, 21st century warfare rather than what I would, you know, say is like 20 or 30 years old, what you're seeing right now. And that would be very dangerous. And speaking with the... Uh... Major General Jeffrey Schlosser, former commanding officer of the 101st Airborne Division, the United States Army, uh, including 15 months in Afghanistan, and his book is Marathon War, just uh, receives amazing uh, reviews, including from me. Uh, General Schlosser, miscalculations, I just want to pick on that word for a moment. And I watched President Biden, and I just wonder, and I don't know if I'm reading this correctly, but I wasn't very impressed with President Biden and his response. Am I am I being too harsh? Well, you know, I think that they're unlike, and you know, I've been pretty um, tough on this administration as far as their how they actually did the Afghanistan decision and then also the withdrawal. I do think that they have done some refreshingly very interesting things. In other words, they used uh, intelligence in a way that I think took Putin aback. In other words. Um, we were reading essentially his mail. Um, we knew what uh, he was planning to do. And then we took another step that you rarely see in conflict or in competition prior to combat. And we actually publicized it. So I, I you know, I, w- I would have to say there that the administration has done some very interesting things. Uh, what it didn't do, I, I think, is, is actually um, move enough forces fast enough to really cause uh, Putin to push back. And what it did do, and I think it's a huge strategic error, is it drew lines that basically caused ambiguity to go away. In other words, if you want to deter somebody, remain ambiguous. Never say, hey, I am not going to come to Ukraine's uh, uh, help with my own forces. Even if we had no intent to do that, I don't believe the administration should have ever said that. I think that was a blunder. And I think that uh, that uh, really did not scare us. You know, that caused uh, Putin to say, well, can you tell you what? I've lived through sanctions before. Look at the Crimea. Uh, we can get past that. Uh, and especially the nature of these sanctions. Uh, you know, I mean, they still allow oil and gas uh, export, which is, you know, somebody once said that uh, you know, Russia was a gas station with a flag. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that... Uh, he, Putin was not deterred, and so and I do say that that is something that both the United States as well as the EU and NATO uh, could have done much better. General Schlosser, in our first conversation, and uh, we just mentioned Afghanistan a minute ago. In in our first conversation, 
you and I talked about Afghanistan and the withdrawal from Afghanistan, primarily by Americans. I don't think we did a good job in this country either. The Prime Minister of Canada, I don't think, distinguished himself uh, anything but. But you had concerns that what happened in Afghanistan during the withdrawal simply is going to mean that there'll be more terrorist attacks like the ones experienced 20, 30 years ago uh, that will be forthcoming. Did that withdrawal by President Biden do you think, and this has been speculated on a lot, do you think that that, in fact, gave Vladimir Putin a sense that, hey, I can push these people around. They're not going to stand up to me. Yes, I, I believe that um, what looked like a, what seemed to me to be a very uncoordinated withdrawal with our allies, and clearly including, my gosh, the one right across the border to Canada, one of our strongest allies ever, I mean, uh, we left a lot of nations, a lot of the NATO nations that had been invested in Afghanistan for two decades, along with the United States, um, on their own, almost essentially. In other words, it was a really extraordinary challenge for most most countries to be able to do just the normal things that you would expect. In other words, get their own citizens out of the country, especially you know, do a passport holders and things of like that. And then take care of the people that have been supporting their forces. I mean, you know, I, I talk about my, in my book, I, Canada was, responsible, was responsible for one of the toughest areas in Afghanistan, Regional Command South, you know, that Kandahar area, then all the way out to the west. And often had many Afghans who were supporting the Canadian forces there, as well as the Dutch forces there, and eventually the Brits, as well as some U.S., but getting those people back out of that country has proven to be extraordinarily challenging. By doing it the way we did, in other words, by basically making a decision and then so rapidly executing it without a lot of coordination, I think you, uh, you saw that uh, there was what I think you know Putin looked at and said, boy, that's one, it's disarray. Two, you know, they really are not, their, America's trying to maybe go back in within its own borders. Um, and then maybe focus on a different area called China and the Pacific. And I think that gave them uh, a certain amount of uh, thought that uh, they could, in fact, do these kinds of, uh, um, you know, what I would call, this was an invasion, obviously, of a, of a democracy. Um, I think it kind of, you know, it didn't hold the door open. That's much too far. But I, it did indicate that he thought that perhaps we were not going to have a strong uh response or a strong enough response or even a coordinated response with our own allies. And I think that portion has been proven, proven wrong. I mean, we've definitely coordinated the heck out of this thing with the NATO allies uh, and others around the world that, have, uh, that see democracy as important. How do you, final question for you, how do you see, how do you project this all coming to an end? Do you think Putin's going to back off? Um, I'll just ask you how you think it's going to end. That's a great question, and I'll be honest with you know all of our listeners. Is that, frankly, I don't know. I, Putin again. I can I can tell you what Russian capabilities are, and you haven't seen nearly nearly them yet in the in Ukraine, uh, nor in the Black Sea or the Sea of Asmo. Um, so there's a lot more there if he chooses to go that way. Shall he sue, you know, sue for peace quickly? You know, I don't think he's achieved what he wants to achieve. I mean, he I think he wants to see basically a, a change of government and a neutral. Not a, not a neutral country, excuse me, a country that leans towards Russia uh, in the Ukraine. He's not near achieving that at this point in time. And so I think that you'll see this continue on and there'll be more and further bloodshed. 
I don't believe that it will go beyond the borders of Ukraine. I do not believe this will become an Article 5 uh, NATO against uh, Russia um, conflict at this point in time. I don't think he is that, uh, well, I, there's too many words to use. I'll just say that I don't think he'll do that. Um, I think he'll pull back. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.